1: influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at cuttereconomicforum.com. Welcome to the Tech Disruptors podcast. I'm your host Mike Hanlon, the Senior Restaurant and Food Service Analyst at BI. This episode will also be simulcast to our restaurant pod Chopping It Up by Bloomberg Intelligence on Spotify. Today's guest is Noah Glass, CEO and founder of Olo, the company powering the digitization of the restaurant industry. It's working with 84,000 restaurants across more than 600 brands, and it's serving 85 million guests a year. No small feat in an industry that has been notoriously slow to adopt technology. Thanks for doing this, Noah. Mike, thank you so much for having me. You know, I was surprised to see Olo listed on the NYSE and not the NASDAQ. Maybe I'm out of the loop here. But when I started my career as a day trader in 1999, all the tech companies listed on the net. Well, I guess this is just a product of the fact that my first apartment
0: in New York City when I moved here in 2003 was on Wall Street. I lived at 45 Wall Street, and so I walked past the New York Stock Exchange every day. And I just couldn't get uh, over that beautiful banner in, in the front hanging from all those pillars. And that visual was with me every day from uh, the early days of Olo. No, I never really thought that we would get to the point of being a public company and getting an opportunity to list on either exchange. So it's a great honor to have that option. It's a high class problem, um, but particularly cool because Olo kind of started in that apartment in the earliest days back in like August of 2003,
1: if you can believe that. Wow. So, all right. So first of all, that's a, yeah, that's a beautiful building. And uh, I worked on 67 wall in 2003 to about 2007. So I'm sure we walked past each other on the street at some point uh, during those years. Uh, For our listeners that may not be familiar with Olo, what are the core products uh, that really fueled its pre-IPO growth? So pre-IPO, I would say
0: Olo was best known for actually what the name is the acronym for. It's the acronym for online ordering, O-L-O. And it kind of actually dates the term in that acronym itself because it was at the, the time when online was two different words, kind of the AOL era. So it's been around online ordering as a concept for a long time, Olo, the company started in 2005, but that was at that time really the the industry accepted term for online ordering. And that's how we got started. So it was letting guests order and pay before they arrived at the restaurant, mainly for takeout. Some restaurants in the early days also used it for delivery and then skip the line when they arrive, collect their order and be on their way. Before the IPO, in maybe the four to five years running up to it, there was this other big leg of growth as we expanded into offering delivery on a national scale. And that wasn't delivery in the way that I was used to delivery from being a 17-year-old pizza delivery driver uh, growing up, or in the way that these early restaurants were using Olo and doing their own delivery. Rather, it was tapping into a network of on-demand delivery service providers And we made that possible through a product called Dispatch, which basically tied all these different service providers into a network and made that accessible through a single API call. So a brand that was using Olo for just takeout could now also offer delivery to guests and still let those guests order through the brand's own website or app, all without having to hire their own delivery fleet, but instead by tapping into this on-demand pool of drivers. The third big product that we came to market with in 2017 was enabling brands to syndicate out their content, their menus, their price list, out to the third-party marketplaces, like the DoorDashes and the Uber Eats and the Grubhubs of the world, and then have those orders not come into different tablets sitting on the counter that somebody would have to watch and manage, but all into the same single stream, into the point of sale, into the kitchen, and that product is called Rails. So really ordering
1: it is solving tablet hell.
0: Yeah, we lovingly call that tablet hell. There there are incredible photos from the 2015-2016 era where you'd walk into restaurants, and you still see this even in 2023, and they have five, six different tablets sitting next to the point of sale, all ringing, all flashing, and... Restaurant operators have to pay somebody to literally just watch the tablets and rekey those orders into the point of sale. And all of that goes away and gets simplified with that Rails product, bringing it
1: all into the point of sale. Very cool. Uh, I'd like to dive into dispatch just a little bit more. Can you talk about the bidding process with delivery pr- uh, providers, how it's benefiting your customers, and what do they value most? Is it the price? Is it the time? Uh, service ratings, or is there something else, and, and does it vary by restaurant? Well, I'd say first and foremost what brands value about Dispatch and what it enables is that
0: they can take delivery orders through their own platform. So instead of it coming from a restaurant delivery marketplace where you know the consumer is placing the order there and the brand is getting no data about who that guest is, the guest is ordering directly from the brand. So the brand is collecting that valuable guest data. That's going to be a theme, I'm sure, Uh, over the rest of our conversation, so we'll come back to it. Um, But it's really about meeting the guests' needs directly through their own channel. So if somebody says, hey, I'm Mike, I don't want to come to the restaurant to collect it, I want it to be delivered to me, the brand can say yes, and that's super valuable in and of itself. The idea that it's networked, the idea that we have multiple delivery service providers basically gives that brand resiliency and redundancy and a little bit of pricing power built into what's kind of like a micro auction if you think about it. So there was a great lending tree commercial that I remember from many years back and the the tagline was lending tree when banks compete you win. And a little bit of this is the same thing with delivery providers. It's when delivery providers compete you win. When you're able to tap into not one, but all of the delivery service providers and all of the delivery professionals who are out there working as couriers for the different delivery service providers, it's much more likely that you're gonna find the nearest available driver who can come and collect that order fastest and deliver it to the guest fastest as a result. And time is money. Fastest often correlates with the lowest cost, the lowest bid on what it will cost that delivery courier to collect the order and deliver it to the guest. So it's been an amazing thing. What I I mentioned, I used to work in pizza delivery when I was in high school. And I remember what great looked like then was somebody calls in an order and you get the pizza to them 30 minutes or less. That was kind of like the gold standard for delivery. Yeah, I think Domino's popularized it. I didn't work for Domino's. I worked for an independent pizza shop, but that set the bar. Everybody expected 30 minutes. If you could hit that, awesome. The problem is the delivery driver is going out with three, four, five different deliveries all in one batch. They're routing their way around. It doesn't always get delivered based on first in, first out. It's getting delivered based on what's convenient, based on the other deliveries. So it was hard to hit that 30-minute kind of promise Um, The beauty of the dispatch model is, it is a point to point delivery model. So the courier is coming to collect one order and then deliver that one order. We know how long the food takes to prep based on an understanding of the historical analysis of how long meals take to prep and what the restaurant has shared with us. So if we know the driver is 10 minutes away from drive time to arrive at the restaurant and the food takes seven minutes to prep, we can send the driver wait three minutes, fire that order directly into the kitchen. The driver's arriving right when the food is ready and fresh. And then on average, nationally, month to month, we usually hover somewhere between 11 and 13 minutes from store to door, as we say. So it just opens up a whole lot of different varieties of food that wouldn't be delivered well with that 30-minute time horizon. But if you can finish finish that order being prepped and at that make time then have 12 minutes on average, let's say, for that order then get in the hands of the guest and then, you know, food in mouth, that magical moment, it just makes delivery a much higher uh, quality experience for the guest and it, it shows
1: well for the brand. Yeah, it's great. I'd imagine it's uh, a big boon to guest satisfaction. It as is, well. yeah. There are times when a guest just wants
0: or needs delivery They just aren't in a need state where going to the restaurant makes sense, however convenient it is to collect the order. So the ability to pay for delivery and have somebody else collect it and take it from the restaurant to you is a great thing. And it opens up a lot of business opportunities for restaurants that didn't, prior to dispatch,
1: play in the delivery realm. Cool. Yeah, it's a, almost like a uh, democratization a bit, right? Because I know a lot of restaurants, independent restaurants can't even get insurance for drivers, right? So so I think this is um, definitely something that, that smaller chains and, and uh, independents uh, can benefit from. That's right. How did the company's product suite evolve with the Wisely acquisition?
0: Yeah, so Wisely was in November of 21. It was the first acquisition that Olo did, not just as a public company, but in our entire history up until that point. So we were operating for about 16 and a half years, never done an acquisition. Um, We've been working with Wisely as a partner. We have a rich partner ecosystem of other restaurant technology providers, over 300 of them uh, today. And it means that we're able to have a really cool vantage point and see those solutions that are really helping to meet our restaurant customers' needs. And, you know, we got conviction with Wisely that this was a platform that was really helping restaurant brands to de-anonymize not just every transaction coming through Olo, but every interaction that they were having with the guest. And it was pulling all of those into a guest data platform um, a guest data platform or a customer data platform, as it's called in the sort of larger horizontal technology space, you, know, you, you see examples of that in companies like Braze or m or Segment that Twilio acquired. But for the restaurant vertical, and, and the reason why we call it a guest data platform is because restaurants call their customers guests, and so we thought that sort of helped to explained that this was a customer data platform for restaurants. You know, this we believe Wisely's Suite was the foremost solution. And so we felt like we're in a moment in time when restaurants understand how valuable first party data is. And it's more difficult for restaurants to use different forms of advertising that don't require first party data. So helping them to harness the power of first party data really understand who that guest is and ultimately understand what the lifetime value of that guest is, is going to be just a a step change in what restaurant marketers are able to do. And we just came to believe that Wisely was the best platform out there to do it. Now, I want to say, and this is important for me to say, whenever we launch a new product or acquire a new company, that Olo is committed to being an open platform. So while we have 300 partners today and we acquired Wisely, which had been a partner. We still work with many other marketing tech platforms and different restaurant customers of ours will say, I want to work with that one. I think that's better at meeting my needs. That's fine. We, we are uh, thrilled to be an open platform and to be agnostic between those two things. We do think that Wisely is a great platform in helping to join transactional data that we see in Olo back to understanding who every guest is and de-anonymizing those transactions to build that profile so you can better personalize the guest experience, better speak to and market to that guest, and use it to inform every facet of your business is really what that
1: acquisition was all about. Yeah, very cool. I mean, what we're seeing with the publicly traded restaurant chains that we cover is, you know, this is still in the early innings. And yet it's, it's providing a much better ROI than just dumping a ton of money onto TV or radio. And uh, it really is where the puck is moving. Um, you know, can you talk uh, about how, you know, and actually before I get to that, also to the fact that you're open sourced and have really kind of pushed some of the other POS systems out there to become open-sourced, I think is one of the, the major disruptions that I think your company has has influenced in this industry. I think right?
0: that's right. I mean, in 2008, 9, 10, we started to do the work of integrating into point-of-sale systems. And what we came upon was this sort of legacy thinking of closed platforms, walled gardens, point of sale company saying, who is this startup Olo and why would I let them integrate into our platform? And we were lucky that the restaurant brands came to our defense support and said, no, we want Olo to integrate and we think they do the best job of this point solution of online ordering. um, So open up, let them integrate. And we were able to integrate kind of one by one into all of the major enterprise restaurant point of sale systems. And that's important because I think a lot of people don't realize this, but many of the large restaurant brands are fragmented from a technology standpoint. When it's not guest-facing technology, when it's a restaurant operator-facing technology like point-of-sale, oftentimes you have two, three, four different point-of-sale platforms that are being used within the same brand. And yet for online ordering or an online ordering app, that's guest-facing technology. It needs to work the same on top of every one of those point-of-sale platforms, and they're not interoperable with one another. Olo, because we're not a point-of-sale platform, but we're this layer on top that is the guest-facing layer, can then integrate with all these enterprise point-of-sale companies and technology stacks and provide that universal, uniform guest experience on top. And then we said to all these technology partners, the 300 plus that are integrated into Olo today, you know, ride our platform to have that same sort of access into point of sale. And we acquired a company in March of 22 called Omnivore that did that in an even bigger way than Olo itself did, not just with order injection, but also with uh, labor and scheduling and purchasing and inventory and kitchen display system integrations And that's such a key part of our philosophy. We believe that an open platform is the foundation of innovation for the restaurant technology space, and that letting a 1,000 flowers bloom on an open platform is going to be best for the restaurant operator and best for the restaurant guest. We will always be committed to being an open platform and
1: big supporters of innovation in the restaurant tech landscape. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that really sparked innovation in the space. Um, can you talk about how Olopay and one of your latest technology disruptions, uh, borderless, also uh, contribute to data aggregation?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna separate those two slightly. Um, let me first talk about Olopay without the borderless context. Olo Pay is something that we announced around the time of our IPO and then really only went into general availability with in the middle of 2022. But what OlaPay is, it's very similar to, if you look at other commerce platforms like Shopify and what they built with ShopPay, it's, it's very similar. It is a digital first integrated payment platform that's embedded within the commerce platform itself. So instead of us acting as a gateway into whatever the credit card processor is at the store, which is really designed for card swipe uh, experiences, Olopay is digital first. So it's embedded within our platform. It means that, you know, just like I said, with a uniform layer that is guest facing technology, payments becomes part of that uniform layer. You don't have disjointed experiences where you've used your credit card to pay at store A within the brand, and then you go to use it at store B, but oh, your card isn't on file because they use a different payment processor. Instead, we keep that card on file. and so. As a result of that and as a result of really thinking about the context of a digital transaction, we're able to do things that are both good for the guest experience like card on file, but are also great for the operator experience. Much, much lower fraud as a result of monitoring e-commerce fraud through our partnership with Stripe and also monitoring across the entire Olo platform to prevent fraud with a second filter. Um, Protection against chargebacks. Uh, reporting all being on the same dashboard so that somebody can do adjustments and refunds and chargeback contestations all in one place, and just better authorization rates and better basket conversion rates that are really about being a digital-first payment platform stitched into the Olo Commerce platform. So that's Olo Pay. What we did with Borderless really enhances OloPay Pay, and it has benefits beyond OloPay Pay as well. The idea of Borderless was Passwords are a pain. I haven't met a person in life who likes passwords, um, both creating new accounts that require you to create a password or logging into an account with a password, struggling to remember it, resetting it, etc., etc. What happens because of passwords and all the friction that they introduce is that people check out anonymously all of the time. And I'll admit that I do this on the traditional Olo checkouts that I come across. I'll just not sign in, not try to even remember my password, but just check out anonymously. That's a bad thing for the guest experience, and it's also a bad thing for the operator experience. On the guest side, I have to start from scratch. I have to rebuild an entire order that I've ordered in the past. I have to re-enter credit card details. I have to re-enter my delivery address if it's a delivery order. It's just a pain. It's a lot of additional keystrokes and clicks, and it's every, every keystroke and click is friction Friction is the enemy of commerce. On the operator side, if I'm checking out anonymously, there is no ability for them to connect that transaction back to my guest account and know anything about me. So the idea behind Borderless was, how do we remove passwords, enable guests to sign in with their email address and their mobile phone number? Again, taking a lot of inspiration for what Shopify did with ShopPay. And in so doing, have a better guest experience, and have a better operator experience in the form of helping them to harvest that transactional data and get it into the guest profile to better understand that guest. And that's really what we've done uh, with Borderless. So we started this, we announced it in the very beginning of Q3 of last year. We had three pilot brands. And with statistically significant amounts of data, what we've seen is typically it's only 30% of guests that log in to an account on a transaction. With Borderless, we've inverted that. It's been 76% of guests that are logged in, that are uh, authenticated and not anonymous. And again, huge win for the guest experience and huge win for the operator being able to tie the majority now of its transactions back into that guest data platform to better understand the guest, how to market to them, and how to think about their business differently with that guest lifetime value as a new True North metric for guiding their business decisions. So it's been an exciting um, new innovation, our newest. The other thing about Borderless which is really special is that once a guest has created that linkage between email address and mobile number, that lives at the Olo platform level. It doesn't live at the individual brand level. so the power of that is now they go to the next brand, they plug in that email address, we then send a text to their mobile phone saying, Mike, is this you? Once you enter in that six digit number, you're into that account. You have your card on file. You might have other details like your delivery address on file. So we've removed the friction from that experience and there's a network effect in that of uh, you know, a platform that is benefiting all of the guests and all of the brands. So at the scale of 84,000 restaurants across 600 brand experiences, and on the other side, 85 million restaurant guests. We think that's a really powerful value proposition for the industry as a whole.
1: Yeah, that's very cool. I love that you're doing some pain points for not only the restaurant customers, but also uh, the restaurant guests. Uh, that password is problem is a massive issue. Uh, to your point, you know, I don't think anybody, uh, there's anyone I know that that's uh satisfied with how that's handled. What drives me crazy is when it's like a brand tells me I can't use any of my last five passwords. And so I know with 100% certainty, I'm going to put something in that I'm never going to remember, right. you know, and I go through a process with some of these brands. It's like, every couple of months I I have to change the password and it's like maddening, you know, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. All right. So we, we talked about wisely a bit. We talked about, uh, omnivore, uh, you have a strong balance sheet, almost $450 million of net cash. You know, do acquisitions continue to be a part of your gra- growth strategy? And if so, what type of targets are you looking at?
0: I think we're always looking at ways to drive more digital transactions to add more value to our restaurants. And that's the common thread behind, you know, the wisely acquisition, the omnivore acquisition. We do have a lot of cash on the balance sheet, whether we use that to build things organically or to acquire additional capabilities from the outside, you know, I think it's really a matter of what's going to help drive us further faster in this ultimate ambition of kind of being the engine of hospitality. And we now talk about our mission as being, you know, helping restaurants make every guest feel like a regular. And that's the the common spirit behind all the things that we do in the commerce engine, in the guest engagement engine, in the payments engine. So I mean, that's really how we think about things. The, the latest thing that we've done with uh, our cash reserves is we, that we authorized a $100 million stock buyback of Olo stock. And um, I think that, w- we believe, is a, a good use of capital on the balance sheet um, and conveys our our confidence in the business and the position that we're in going forward.
1: Yeah, 100%. I, I think that's typically how I look at it, right, when companies are doing share buybacks and accelerated share buybacks, you know, they're sending a signal to the market that, look, we think our stock is cheap and and we're putting our money where our mouth is. Um, What are your your organic growth levers? Well, I think, you know,
0: OloPay and payments is certainly a big area of focus. You know, when we look at, I believe we shared in 2021, it was about $20 billion of GMV, Gross Merchandise Value, or, or GPV, Gross Payments Volume, that went through the Olo platform. Um, that's a lot of volume, and you know, we believe that there's a big payments franchise to build within Olo, and one that is you know meeting the needs of our restaurant customers. It's not something that we got into just because we thought, hey, this is a clever way of making revenue, additional revenue. It really came out of this group that we have, our Product Advisory Council, which is made up of great digital thinkers from across our restaurant customer base. And they were identifying all the problems with kind of the legacy way that payments worked for e-commerce and the problems that restaurant operators and franchisees were facing and saying, you know, we think Olo has a role to play here to make this better for the guest experience and for the operator experience. Could you do something in payments? We went out and struck a partnership with Stripe. We're really proud of that partnership and what we built in pay what we've enhanced further with borderless. And um, we think there's there's so much room to go and grow on the payments uh, side of things. And there's a lot of room to grow with guest engagement as well and thinking about how do we, I mean, to your point, it's still early. You still have, I want to come back to this great quote from uh, Wanamaker who was a a department store magnate um, who said, You know, half of my advertising is is wasted. I just don't know which half. This is an industry that, you know, at a trillion dollars in top line revenue, if you think about a 3% ad fund fee as being a, a basic golden rule, that's $30 billion in advertising spend that restaurants are spending on pretty wasteful TV, radio, print, mass media forms of advertising, very difficult to track, a lot of wastage. And we think that of channeling some of that toward personalized marketing and kind of precision marketing when you know who that guest is and you know that they are a high lifetime value guest is really smart. So there's a lot that we can do going forward beyond what we've already done with wisely for such
1: a large swath of the restaurant industry. Yeah, uh, it's it's cool. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, people are walking around with a billboard in their pocket, right so. It's a perfect place to to advertise. Uh, Outback, Jack in the Box, Carl's Jr. and Hardee's are some of the large chains that have recently transitioned away from homegrown systems and to Olo. Uh, Is that the largest opportunity in your restaurant growth lever? Uh, And is there upside if that trend continues to accelerate? I think that is the
0: thing that we point to as the biggest source of competition. It's not some Mm -hmm. other technology platform like Olo. It is restaurant brands who have Really, out of necessity because they started doing this before Olo was at scale and a viable alternative, built something in-house and then been stuck with having to maintain it and to keep it fresh and innovative and secure and high performance. That's really expensive to do. That's not a build it once and you're done. That is a build the car and keep filling it up with gas and this is very expensive gas. So we've seen a lot of brands, you named a bunch. Um, this past quarter, we saw Ruby Tuesday, Smashburger, Zaxby's, uh, you mentioned Jack in the Box, all migrate off of a homegrown platform and onto the Olo platform. And I think that is the trend. You know, We've had over uh, a dozen such uh, brand migrations happen just since our IPO. And it was a big reason for our IPO. We wanted to show that Olo really is a viable option, that we have a strong balance sheet, that we have a profitable business, that we have you know, great uptime, that anybody can go and look at at status.olo.com and see in real time throughout our history how secure and high performance and reliable our platform is, and that restaurant brands can not make a decision between do I buy it or do I build, but say, I'm going to buy the Olo platform and build. I'm going to build and do the differentiated stuff for my brand that makes me stand out and win the hearts and minds of the guest to me, but I'm going to use the engine that is Olo to power all the undifferentiated heavy lifting and to bring about things like Borderless and like Dispatch and like Olo Pay that are really platform-level innovation that no individual brand could do themselves, but at the scale of... 84,000 restaurants across 600 brands, Olo can do for the industry
1: as kind of a common good. So how do these feed into your total growth algorithm moving forward? Well,
0: so we think about new brands and new location growth as a 4X growth opportunity. We think about our ability to grow revenue on a per location basis as the ARPU opportunity, and that's a 25X opportunity. So that's a much bigger lever. But together it's a 100X opportunity for Olo staying focused, as we have been for nearly 18 years now, on enterprise restaurants in the US. Now we've had a little bit of expansion beyond just enterprise restaurants. We've also, in the last couple of quarters, started working with uh, C-stores that have fresh food programs that can use the same platform to let a guest order a sandwich or a pizza or that sort of thing customized, made to order, and come and collect it or get it delivered just in time. So that's a little bit of an expansion beyond the 300,000 enterprise restaurants that we had considered our TAM. Um, but we think, you know, b- between the two, the 55,000 fresh food program C-stores, so 355,000, we do the math on our 84,000 into that 355, that's what
1: gets you to the 4X location growth opportunity. Cool. Uh, so you've been public for almost two years. Has it been difficult to maintain your culture while also, while also placating Wall Street? I don't think so. I mean, what's nice about our culture
0: and and the people that it attracts and the people that it retains and grows over time, you know, everybody to a person within Olo has a lot of talent and can work in many different industries. Can work in a horizontal technology company. They choose to work at Olo because fundamentally they love restaurants that is the common variable. We all love the problem space that we work in. We love that we can bring together solutions for restaurants that make it better for restaurant guests and better for restaurant operators and let the restaurant business be a better business because we exist. And I find that that is really this source of meaning and purpose. You hear a lot of companies like wondering about oh, how are we gonna become purpose-driven and retain people because they care about you know, what we're doing, not just a paycheck, that's inherent in a company like Olo. Like We all love restaurants. We want to make restaurants better. We lived through COVID where we saw restaurants saying, you, know, you are our lifeline. If you don't exist, we don't exist. And you enabled us to stay in business, to keep our customers fed, to keep our employees employed. That stuck with us, that like hardened that sense of meaning and purpose. And um, truly, I feel like you know this is the work that I was put on this earth to do, and I feel like uh, incredibly lucky to be doing it at this moment in time because there's only one time in history when the restaurant industry, this massive trillion-dollar industry, will go through a digital transformation. That's right now, and this is the platform where it's happening. So I'm incredibly grateful, and at the same time, I'm incredibly unsatisfied because there's so much more for us to do, and
1: that's why I think I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my career. Yeah, I love hearing how passionate you are about the industry, how your your uh, employees are passionate, and I, I think it's helped, it's got to be helped by uh, the great people in the hospitality industry, man. I, I've covered about a half a dozen different sectors, and uh, they're just different in the best way, you know. Um, it's amazing how much collaboration, how sharing of ideas, um, how open and just, you know, down to earth people in the restaurant. Yeah, it is
0: a really fun community and it is a community that's based on attracting people that, you know, want to make everybody feel like they're part of the community. And that's kind of the essence of hospitality. Our role in that is being the engine and sort of hard coding into a software platform that can enhance that hospitality All the things that we've learned along the way from, you know, great folks like Danny Meyer, who's been a board member at Olo since 2014 and who kind of wrote the the Bible, as far as I'm concerned, in setting the table about enlightened hospitality. So the big challenge for me is how do I take some of these principles and
1: how do I put that into a platform that can really lift all ships? Very cool. So is there anything important to the story that we missed or that you'd like to reiterate for potential investors? I
0: think the biggest thing that people miss is just how big the restaurant industry is and how early it is in this digital transformation journey. I mean, you have different extremes. You have people who focus on delivery only and think, oh, it's so digital. It's so penetrated. But they miss that digital delivery is just 6% of total industry sales, There's another 94% out there, and at OLDO, we're going after the 100%. We believe that every transaction, every service model can be made better through the digital transformation, and we believe that that doesn't mean a cold, heartless experience for the guest, that in fact, a digital transformation, a digital order experience, and the data that it throws off can really raise the bar on hospitality and make it an even more... Kind of uh, human experience, which is surprising to people when they hear me talk about it in that way.
1: Yeah, for sure. I was uh, when I was down at ICR, uh, I had uh, I had some time to to go to lunch. and I went to Bartaco, and it's uh, it's a digital experience, right? And uh, it freed up so much time for the food runners and the manager and the bartender to come over and have a conversation. And the experience was was phenomenal. So digital. Can play a huge role uh, in enhancing the experience. Exactly right. That's a that's a great example, and um, I think many many more restaurant
0: brands are taking a page out of the bar taco playbook and seeing ways for digital to impact not just takeout and delivery, but also on premise and also drive through. It's really about every service model and providing that heightened guest experience and also the data that comes out of that experience, using
1: that as a feedback loop to make it even better next time around. Cole, I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. Uh, Where should potential customers and investors go to find more about Olo? Pretty easy.
0: It's Olo.com or on Twitter. It's just uh, Olo is uh, is the handle.
1: All right, nice and easy. Well, thanks again for doing this, Noah. And I, I look forward to continuing to follow the story uh, and and following the the additional you know breakthroughs that that uh, you and your team at OLO make in the, for the restaurant. Mike, the thank you very much. It's great to be here.